in New Orleans. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. You know what it is. It's a Sunday morning. No football. We're still dropping winners. We're trying to give you a little heat and trying to get you in, in the mood to start up that barbecue pit. Or if you've been doing that and your wife says, man, you need to get something done around this house. Go change a ceiling fan or something with your life today since you don't have no football to bet on. A little football. And just relax. Hey, Queen Bee's in the house. Shout out to Queen Bee Spy. CC. what's up? Thanks for hanging out. Let's get to my man Lamont first, right off the jump. No need to make him wait. Lamont wants to talk about Flores. What's happening, my man? Say, man, what's up, man? Or oh, whoever that producer is bumping back with that rising sun, man. That's a badass track right there, uh, especially uh, for war, for war movies, uh, specifically the Vietnam War. But uh, but Flores, man, uh, I don't know if you caught my question on uh, on Twitter. I was wondering if there's some bad blood now between Flores and uh, and uh, Bill Belichick, man, because I, I didn't got kind of accustomed to, you know, uh, old New England coaches, uh, you know, like with Matt Patricia and McDaniel's, and I think it's a couple of other ones that then went back to the team. Uh, uh, then went back to the team, but he he didn't go back to the Patriots, and I just wanted that phone call and like put a rip in him. And and if he would have went back, how bad it would have looked that it all all this came out because of that phone call. And that's all I had, man. I was just thinking about that pondering up. Uh, uh, but that uh, producer, man, he did his thing with that rising sun. That's all I got. So he makes a great point. There's a, an imaginary circle of trust. And not just football, in life. You know, if you're at a job in a company and you're in that circle of trust, you might know, you might know a few things that the CEO does on his spare time. You might know that there's a, flu, a few flings going on. You might know a few things. Flores knowing a few things now and knowing that Bill Belichick, he basically went and just showed the world that Bill Belichick knew and then that Bill Belichick had dropped the ball. How do you think Bill feels about that? He can't say nothing, but he's got to feel a certain way. Yeah, I mean, that is a line, right? When you take screenshots of text messages and make them public without, you know, running that by somebody that sent you the text message. And that's what's going to be used as evidence in court. Yes. Literally that exhibit A. Bill Belichick's text message. Mm-hmm. That, that, the circle of trust is broken. Again, that's not just in football. So no, it's not like it's in football. It's not even pertains to just any race either. It just if you break that trust, if you know something on somebody and you go and take that route where, you know what, I'm going to sue these people, whether it's whether it's, even let's say let's say you work for a little company and you and you go do some workman's comp or something and and you hit that company or for whatever the, whatever the case is whatever it is and you hurt the company in some way you're out of that circle of trust and that's the the line that Flores knew he was drawing could he have waited i think he needed to play more and i hate to use this term but chess not checkers he needed to lock the bag down and then raise hell because then they can't fire him because then it looks bad then it looks real bad. Then he can really win a lawsuit, you know, for, for for losing his job that quick, especially if he went out and performed, his team performs well, wherever he went. It'd be like, why did you fire him then? You can't. Instead, he pulled the trigger a little bit too fast, and and, and, and he overreacted over 
that you have to man when you have something when you when you have the key to something like he had that text message and no one else knew about it someone should have gave him better his lawyers obviously because his lawyers right away they 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 were like oh yeah we're gonna sue a multi-billion billion dollar company rather than being man you have the keys Mm -hmm. with that text get the job first and then we go in Instead, they just like, you know, oh, what? What? Hold on. Oh, yeah. Let's take this public. That's Bill Belichick. Drop that text and let's go. You never you never show your hand. Not in not in poker. Knowing if you knew you had the hand one, why the hell are you going to show it until it's time to collect the cash? You pulled the trigger too fast. Yeah, because he still had another interview with the Texans and an interview with the Saints. He'd be a head then, coach yeah. right now, wouldn't you think? He, he very well might be. I found the timing of that very odd. The other thing that I think is going to be interesting and in how this could relate back to the Texans, because we're seeing those reports that now they're including the Texans in the lawsuit and they're naming them as one of the teams. And Florio did a thing on PFT to where he was like, this could get really tricky with the discovery process. And the discovery process is basically them going through your phone, all your emails, you know, and if they have some, you know, some exchanges between maybe Easterby or Casario about, you know, how they'd already landed on a coach before, you know, you know, considering some minority candidates, if some other teams did something like that, that it could come back to bite them. So it's interesting. We live in a day and age. You better be careful what you text and email people because, you know, a lawsuit hits and they're going to pull all that stuff. Everything. It just That's what you use as – they're even using it and you've seen it for jobs to go see. As soon as you go for a job interview, they go look up your name. They're like, damn, Jackie likes to get down. Mm-hmm. Jackie likes to say this about this. Bam, Jackie don't get the job. That's just how simple it is now. And and especially when you text something, Bill Belichick now, he's that old school head. He didn't he he's not made for this, used to this texting and all this. He's old school. He's still trying to pass notes. Yeah. <laughs> he's using burner phones if he's smart. Yeah. He's still trying <laughs> to pass notes like old school. He just folds them up, circle yes or no. Did you like practice today? Circle yes or no, like a love letter. Cool. That's how he does it. He's he still Bill Belichick still uses index cards. You remember back, what kind of life did we live in that yeah. people would trust the database to their company and those those vanilla, you know, those, those manila, whatever they were Folders called. And, yeah. yeah, and then it would, be like the, it would be like the metal ring, and you would get there, and it'd be like, oh, who is it? When does he have a doctor's appointment? Let me see here. Yep. They'd be like, let me get to the T's, and it'd be like a big-ass, I mean, like T, it'd be all, they would be all like, not crispy, you know, just like you couldn't even see the T. They're like, yeah, no, I know these are the T's. And they get to the T. Oh, Mr. Thomas. Like, that's how things, that's how record keeping was done. Mm-hmm. And that's how record keeping is done here. Yeah, it, it, but it's all digital and they can find all that stuff. So I think it's going to be very, and we're going to see the same type of stuff with Deshaun, right? You know, with, with all his text messages to these masseuses, all that stuff is going to be out there. And what's interesting is, you know, when he was being asked about this stuff, remember, he was getting them confused. He was hitting up women where they're like, I told you to stop asking me to massage you. Like, it did not go well. I don't even do massage. Yeah, and, and, and Deshaun would be like, oh, I forgot. Well, you know, <laughs> like, you know, he, he would contact the same person that was like, I'm, I'm not working. Wrong number. <laughs> Wrong number. And think about when he's going to be deposed, right? If he was forgetting and contacting the same people that he assaulted, allegedly, and think about during the deposition where they're asking him to remember this stuff. He's not going to be able to keep track of all this. Like, hey, so I hear you do massages, <laughs> really good ones at that response. No, actually, I don't do massages. I do hair. Yeah. 
well, what kind of hair? <laughs> like, that's where this guy was. <laughs> he wasn't letting it go. <laughs> no, no. And the fact that he was so flippant about it in, in contacting the same people that had already had an issue with him. Like, I'm really – and see, that's what kind of worries me with the Texans is if this gets even more ugly, right? And then he becomes even harder to trade. That That's where this could get scary. Where it gets scary is Behannon says Jack burns the circle of trust. Mm. Literally, you walk into Jack's office, he's pouring rubbing alcohol in a circle and lighting it on fire. Come on in. Come on in. We are burning down all the sins of Deshaun Watson. What happens when they run into each other? They accidentally touch. Does, <laughs> does Watson melt? <laughs> like, just a, a, an awkward situation. Watson, Watson's, imagine if he was still on the team, he has a late, an, a, let's call it a late massage session that needs to be, you know, a no happy ending one. And here comes Easterby putting a late night in, and he just peeks his head in. I wonder, I wonder what's going on in here. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. And that's going to be in Watson in any team he goes to. First time he goes to a team, and it's time to get that first massage. You think that the... The person that's in charge of him isn't doesn't know. They look at him. It's like the like a like a standoff, you know, like back in the Western days that would th- take three steps back and draw. They're both looking at each other like, "Hey, <laughs> Deshaun, are you gonna make this weird?" He you just, know, that's what the masseuse is. He just yeah, he just starts signing stuff <laughs> yeah. just to make it not weird. He's like, "Hey, you want a football?" <laughs> like. That's where we are right now. Think about that. How uncomfortable is that going to be? Anytime he gets close to him, I'm injured. Oh, man. This hammy could really use a massage. Disc scratch. Mm-hmm. No, that's not going away. And think about when he plays in stadiums, like what the signs are going to say. You know he what I mean? He goes to the Bills. They're, they're breaking massage tables, yeah. he said. They said, you know how much the massage table costs? Like, yeah, you're right. Everywhere you go, that's going to be the joke of it. Hey, mas- Massage King. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in. I yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> Houston fan wine. Yeah, I mean, look what we've been put through now. So, yeah, whatever happens, happens, man. His new trainer, Alex Villanueva, says, nah, fam, I'm cool. Yeah. Like, they have to draw They have to draw straws. Like, all right, who's going to massage him? It's like, dang it. Can I wear a chastity belt? Yeah. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. My name is Bob Lee, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5. Thanking God for all my setbacks because he the reason i'm able to get back you are listening to money like line on espn 97.5 and on espn 92.5 live from the veritex community bank like studios here's jerry bow and josh jordan like welcome back to money line where we try to be your sunday morning jet pack Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six at moneyline ninety seven five on Twitter. Go over there and quit being so boring and get to twitch.tv backslash ESPN ninety seven five, where everybody's getting a little silly. That's what happens whenever Watson comes into the equation. Now it's become somewhat of a joke, the same kind of joke that you hear 
the situation in Brooklyn turned into towards the end of that relationship. Now, as the phrase says, once the dust settles, the dust has settled in Brooklyn. Now that the trade is official, the moving pieces have been moved. And now you're hearing what really was going down behind closed doors. And to hear that Kevin Durant was the last one to to put put his marbles in and say, I give up. Here, y'all take everything, get rid of them. He thought for a while there, you know what, it's going to be able to work. He wasn't happy. And this is all according to a few reports. Bleacher Report had the one of the better ones. It said that he showed up first and this offseason, going into the season, he showed up overweight again. One thing Durant didn't like, there was some private workouts that were held. He wasn't there. Another thing that wasn't like, as the season went on, the Kyrie situation has ar- arises in the form as that he's only going to play half the games because of the COVID situation. Harden was throwing indirect shots in the locker room and in some post-game interviews, which they didn't like also. They just, they, they was just that's not the way we do things here. Now more reports are coming out that Harden was traveling away from the team, for example, right before he left. So late January, after he had a big performance, uh, I believe it was against the Kings, he travels. um, Instead of with the team, the team had a game two days later, he traveled back to Houston to go clubbing. Sounds like James. Party Harden, babe. That's, That's the James we know. Yep. The James that put himself over everyone else. First game back from that is the game that he only had those four points. Then inside the locker room, people started talking, and then all of a sudden he had an injury. This is who he is. It's who he is. Just say, you know, good riddance. Be glad he's gone. People say that Kevin and James had a Cold War going on for the last several months that made everyone miserable. Finally, Kevin Durant went to the table and said, "You know what? Get him out of here. It's done. It's it's done. It's just I'm, I'm 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 I give up." And that's what it took. It, it was Kevin just going, "Hey, that's it." They but, used the the words. Kevin was like, "F it. James ain't bringing ish." I mean, he quit on him, and we've seen that before. That's what James does. So, what do they have to lose? Once James has decided he's out, he is all the way out. And it was actually, okay, it was the 37-point triple-double he had on San Anto- in San Antonio the 21st. He left the team for Houston to go clubbing. Then he rejoined in Minnesota. Well, that's not a surprise at all. We heard rumors that, you know, James would make the Rockets leave and take the team playing early on trips to the West Coast so that he could go out in L.A. and party. And they would allow that stuff. And now where's James? He's back with Daryl Morey where he's going to allow him to do whatever he wants. Then it all hit the fan whenever he was out for the game at the Jazz, but he didn't even show up till halftime. <laughs> hey, at least I showed up. At which point the team was going to travel, and he traveled to Vegas. You can't make this stuff up with James. And I, we can't make it up. Richard, you're on Moneyline. He wants to talk hard, and what's going on? Hey, uh, honestly, uh, the only thing is people need to understand is I have a lot of friends and family in Philly, and I, I, what I can say is that they need to get that this might be their window. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying the Nets are going to be crappy, but if they are, that's just a, a blessing in disguise for us. If the Nets just implode and Kyrie doesn't play and Simmons just doesn't work out, we already know it's Embiid's team. 
Harden has played with a lot of other all-stars, but when he played with Dwight, Dwight was a clumsy goof, and let's say he's at the end of his prime, if you want to. I don't care. Embiid is not going to listen to Harden. Harden has to listen to Embiid, and if he doesn't, well, maybe Maury will you know, get Harden a, a, a normal massage, but I, I really think that the 76ers are so under, they're not undercover anymore. It's their, it's their year. It might not last forever, but I think that they just really have a chance to just do it this year. Let me ask you something, Richard. Where is the bar set for them? Is it title or bust? Is it they, are, they at least got to make the Eastern Conference final? Like, what do they have to do to make I this mean, worth it? Well, knowing that the Suns are, are, were the team last year that the Bucks had to face, I, I'm sorry. I think that Giannis had a. I think that Embiid will have a better time against the Suns as far as than Giannis. I know Giannis had a great series, but if, if they can get past the Bucks this year, they got. I just don't think they stay together. I don't think that they. I don't think the 76ers are going to be a Harden and Embiid dynasty. Is what I'm saying. I think if they don't win this year, it's not necessarily a bust, but it's just. I mean, I don't know how long they'll stay together. Well, let's see how they gel. But Daryl Morey and Harden's relationship, we know how far that goes. I mean, in Morey, we trusted for so many years, and then it's like, wait, he just broke up with all these potential all-star, maybe not Dwight, Hall of Famers. Look at all the coaches that we've gone through. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I hate to say what it was before Harden, you know, with the, with the whole win and just waiting to see what the hell we were ever going to be, and then we got Harden. So we just, we believed in the beard, and we got I just I think this year I kind of believe him to be a backstage beard, and he got it. Huh. That's interesting, Rich. And I do think the window is a short, you know, window because James eventually somebody will rub him the wrong way. You know, they'll kind of get some static. So he's got to do it now before him and Embiid don't get along anymore. Thanks you know? for the call, Richard. We really appreciate it. Now is Maury's uh, Maury's ass on the line as well here because when when we first heard. Okay, we talked about earlier, like, who makes you more mad? Daryl Morey's a quitter also. He quit thousands of feet in the air before they even made it back home. Same because he needed to be with family. Weeks later, his family was the 76ers. So who really here do you imagine? Now when you say, okay, who, 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 who hurts your feelings most? Because you attach Harding and Maury together now. Because if they win it together, it's going to be like, oh, no. Together they made it happen? Yeah. In the way they got out of town to see them get rewarded for that. The way? Yeah. Like, like how can these guys possibly get rewarded? How does how does Harden get rewarded in the, in the, in the form of getting to play with the best basketball player in the world in Durant? And then he can't even act right there. Now he gets rewarded with the guy that's in the lead for the MVP running. Like, how does he keep getting rewarded? Because he's good at basketball. I mean, it's really that simple. When does it hit? Embiid is a vocal person. We know that. He's not. At what point does Embiid check him? No, man. Every other team, Harden has been that guy. uh, Not every other team. Before these two. Every other Rockets team, he's been that guy. Even when Russell came, every Rockets roster, he was that guy. Even when Russ came, he was able to say, hey, this is my team. Yep. Whenever he went to Brooklyn, he wasn't able to be that guy because those two guys, Irvin and Durant, they've won it on the biggest stage. So there's nothing he could say to them to say, hey, I got this on you. Now he goes there, though, which is, a, I'm not going to say unproven because, he, yeah, Embiid's proven to be the best center in the game or one of, depending on how you view him and Jokic. 
but he hasn't won anything yet. So does Harden come and publish like, you know, whenever a manager hires someone from out of the company, that guy comes from that company feeling like, hey, they brought me from they would have hired within. They brought me to save this thing that y'all need. I'm the other piece. Does he come with that or does right off the top and be let him know, hey, like we're cool and all, but this is me. I mean, I don't even know if you can say anything to James, you know, like you can say it, but is he going to hear it? Whose team is it right off the top? And Bede's going to let him know, you think, Sean? Yeah, I, I think the biggest distinction between the Houston James and the, now where he finds himself in Philly is that in Houston, James Harden was the MVP candidate of the team. Right now, on Philadelphia, Joel Embiid is, if not the odds-on favorite to win MVP, he is number two to Jokic. So he on the court, at least, he is the, the guy, capital T, capital G. But uh, I, I definitely think there will be some sort of honeymoon phase, at least for this year. But one thing to remember is that in the playoffs, I mean, you hate to say it, but Joel Embiid I don't think has ever finished a playoff run without some sort of nagging injury where maybe he doesn't miss the the playoffs, but he's dealing with a back or he's under the weather against Toronto. Last year he had knee tendonitis. And, and then you mix that or you put that together with James Harden, whose exploits late in playoff series are well-documented. Just check the San Antonio Spurs tape from 2017. That that seems like it's a tough recipe. Now you could say there's less being asked of each of them, so maybe th- that counters, uh, counters that, counteracts each other. But I, I think, like, uh, like Richard said, their window is this year, next year, after that, you got to kind of just hope and pray with the injury situation and James Harden's uh, uh, lack of, you know, he's hitting up clubs every night. And he's starting to break down because yeah, he's getting exactly. older. Yeah. The literally, uh, literally, literally, not even us just trying to be cute with his, the slogan was trust the process. Yeah. So if you've trusted the process as a 76ers fan until this moment, then you got to, you're pot committed. You trust the process. And the process was to, for sure, try to get Embiid in his best moment. Which is now, he's playing at the top of the, 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 he's at the highest level right now. The pieces around him are in in place. I heard they were even going to move maybe Doc. It's like, what did Doc do wrong here to bring in MDA? Mm-hmm. Like, what? This, this reeks of Daryl Morey. This is Daryl Morey. Yeah. Like, like, I said, what? Like, I'm not saying Doc did, the, the, he's doing the best, but he's not doing the worst either. And, and the team's actually got success. I mean, what are we doing here? All of a sudden, Harden comes in, it's. Let's just rechange all this and let's just keep the main piece. Where we and be you do you keep playing like you and we're gonna make all these. No, 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 no. We've been down that road and I feel sorry for 76ers fans if it doesn't work out because as soon as winning cures all, but if they're not winning, all hell's gonna break loose. No hold breaks. It's gonna break loose here. We've got goals in Italy. We've got goals in Germany, and I got one more winner before we get out of here. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. To the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Administration of employee benefits is a hassle. Let HRP eliminate those burdens and save you money. Visit hrp.net today. This is a man's world. You 
You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Shout out, shout out to my man, my son, King Kobe. Seven goals this week. Josh, I didn't even know what to do. I felt bad for the other team. At one point, you're just like, do I call Do I call the horses off? I said, no, nah, you go get yours, boy. So I know he's listening right now. Can't let him listen to all the money line because we go off the riff. But you're the king, son. And I always tell you, no matter what field you step on, you're going to be the best player for the rest of your life. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. Find us on twitch.tv backslash ESPN975. Oh, I hear Sasuolo just scored another goal, 2-0. You're getting, we don't need football. That's what I tell you. If you're out there listening right now, you say, man, what do I do right now? What do you do, Jerry? I, I gamble for a living. You think I could stop? So go to jerrybowsports.com and you can sign up. If you sign up today, I'll give you a discount. Hit me up right now on Twitter at Jerry Bow Sports. I'll give you a discount, a little trial run, so you can come on and see what it's about. You want to see what else I do? Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. 1 p.m. to 2. One-hour show. It's called Odd Takes. You can find it on Twitch. You can find it on YouTube. I come on, and basically it's a little bit of this without my right-hand man, which I'm going to get on there very soon. But that's exactly what you can expect to find every single day with winners in between and a little bit of ruckus because that's what we bring but let's get into ruckus going on. What do you make of these enemy versus Mahomes rumors? And, and it comes like this. Basically, and these are rumors. I, I hate to, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it's news sources. I hate when people use sources now. It's like, who's your source? If you're going to use source, then let us know because you know how that is. It's source. Sources doesn't ever want to be the one that, hey, don't, don't tell them I'm the one that told you. So source wants to mean Behind the curtain. Well, it doesn't matter. We're hearing many things tied to Mahomes' circle. First, we heard this weekend that sources say that he told his fiance and his brother that they're not allowed at pregames or on the filter or any of that anymore. He came out and said that's a complete lie. The person that, that, that said they had a source, they came out and said that their source was wrong. So that's debunked. But now there's an anonymous person that came out and said that there's been problems with Bienemy and Mahomes that date back to last season and the Super Bowl and that Bienemy believes that the reason that he didn't get a job is the way that the Super Bowl ended. A lot of drama in KC right now. You know, and I'm glad you brought up that report about, you know, maybe Jackson and his fiance Brittany, they don't they think they're bad for his brand. I mean, people were Rooting for the Bengals because they don't like Mahomes because of his brother and his fiance. And Mahomes is like a likable kid. Like yeah. he's a likable. Why would someone not like him other than he beats up on your team? It's because the two people that are tied to him. You saw Jackson Mahomes dance on Sean Taylor's memorial. Like that. What is he doing on on an away game sideline? First off, right? Like let's just just let's call this yeah. out first. Second off, you're telling me he didn't see that thing chained off. You telling me that it wasn't a big deal? You telling me that it wasn't probably on the pregame big screen? Like, hey, Sean Taylor, you know, Forever Twenty One. You know, people are probably praying, some crying, and then this fool's doing TikTok. He's doing a stupid TikTok dance. No, nah. making little heart sign. No, nah, it, it was Rich Ornberger that broke it though, and now he had to come back and basically backtrack and say that it was a it was a rumor that a certain person passed along to many 
people and they broke it too and they had to retract themselves. Yeah. So it's coming out that it's not true as far as that. But the enemy situation, what's, fun, what's funny here is the reason that a lot of this came to light is the Kansas City Chiefs as a team, they published something almost as in a, re, a year in review. And a lot of that year in review was pointed at enemy. But Andy Reid calls the plays. You know what I mean? So I'm like, how how much are we putting on enemy? And by the way, we did a, a video on Eric enemy and kind of how the situation with the Texans, you know, two years ago played out where they didn't want to interview him. And then Deshaun Watson raised a stink about it. So then they're like, okay, fine. We'll all interview right, him. Right. Yeah. And then we're sitting here going, he was the hottest name for a head coach. And we've gone two full coaching cycles now where he hasn't gotten a job. So maybe the Texans were on to something here. And he does have some issues in his past that go back to like when he was in college. Yeah. So you wonder if, you know, he's, He's not that Texan type guy because of some issues in Bienemy's past, and and maybe some other clubs. He doesn't interview well. He doesn't interview well, from what we know. And look, the whole league, I don't think is. If everybody passed on him, you got to think there's something to it. Something weird's going on, and it's not. You you know, I said it earlier. Winning cures all. Well, they haven't been winning. For for Chiefs fan, it's title or nothing. I know they made their runs. That's good for certain teams, but for that team. That, that roster, it's title or nothing. We talk about windows. Their window, they tried to expand it by giving him 10 years. Here's the keys to the city, man. What else do you need? But when we made, when that deal was made, it was like, well, yeah, we think he'll get at least three or four. As the further we get from that, I, I'm not sure right now. I'm not, and I'm not going to get it caught up in the moment as these guys on, on TV were saying that he's not even a top five quarterback no more miss me with all that i think he's still fantastic but there's something going on and you saw that the chiefs team was two different teams this season the beginning of the year and this in the, in the second half now the reports tied to this as well the chiefs release that statement it, it was long it wasn't even a statement it was a year review Fans put one and one together, and they start throwing racial shots at EB. So Chiefs turn, take it down. Chiefs come back and say, "Hey, we're taking it down. This, that wasn't what we were set out to do. We weren't trying to put the light on EB." But in those reports now, there's more sources coming out and saying that even on that the last game where Mahomes tried to call a timeout before half without timeouts, EB had just told him, "You, we have a timeout left," mm. and Mahomes pissed about that because. Like we talked about it, everyone talked about it. That how the hell does the quarterback not know that there's no timeout, and he throws a ball that's in bounds, and the time runs out, and they don't even get no points before half, and then the comeback happened. So now it's a finger pointing, like who's making us lose? Hey, like that's exactly what's going on now. But no fingers, to your point, are being pointed at the head coach. Yeah, and before Andy Reid won it with Mahomes a few years ago. Andy Reid was the guy that people would be like, man, his time management isn't very good. And, you know, like Andy Reid took a lot of heat for that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden we, we just forgot all that, you know, because they won a Super Bowl. I think, I think Mahomes is starting to feel the heat a little bit. And I think you're so right, Jerry. Remember when they were about to play, you know, when, uh, when Tom and Mahomes were about to play before the game. Remember people were having arguments like, will Mahomes have a better career than Brady? Remember before Brady beat him in the Super Bowl? That, that, those were discussions. 
You know what I mean? They're, and now we look at it, and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And and I made a point after that game because I was one of, okay, if he beats Brady here, then if he goes on and win a few, then he's on track to be the greatest. He couldn't beat Brady at his old age. He couldn't beat, you know, twice. One because of the offsides that many said, or, or he didn't get the ball back. Well, then what happened in the Super Bowl? Well, he didn't have an offensive line. Well, you're playing against an old man, and you can't beat him at his old age. You're not even in the conversation, kid. Not even in the conversation. And that's how quick that we live in the moment. It happens to all of us. I was caught up in that moment. Do I think he's still special? Yeah, very. Is he that guy, though, that, nah, nah. He's not He's not on that level, not with those guys, because it takes, we always want to be the, in the generations we live in, we always, and even old guy and new guy, we're all we're all responsible and guilty of this. Uh, being a tied to man, I saw the best ever. Like old guys, always like, nah, man, these guys. I saw Bill Russell, you know, I saw this guy. And young guys like, no, nah, man, this guy's gonna be the next Jordan. Harold Miner's coming, baby Jordan. What the hell happened to Harold Miner? You know, here comes Zion, the biggest prospect. You know, take him. Everyone knew that John Morant was the guy that you should have. But it was like, no, nah, we're tied to Zion. Now he's sitting somewhere eating gumbo. <laughs> we just get, we always want the next thing, right? You know, it's just as human beings. We're always looking at potential. and The new car, we, yeah, whatever the new it car. is. Like, we don't want to vote for this guy to win MVP too many years in a row just because we get bored of that guy winning MVP every year. I mean, you know, we do that stuff. Like, we did it with Aaron Rodgers. Like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> He's not. He has one Super Bowl. It just the, the discussion of quarterbacks and best that that was put to sleep last year, whenever he won the Super Bowl, and then this season when he still had the best st- stati- statistical career. Yeah, most passing career, yards, most like, touchdowns. Done, done, done. Like let's move to another position. Let's talk about the best running backs ever. You have some good stats that we're going to get to yep. about running backs and the best ever, and then how does that portray to today's? era of running backs and the longevity of their careers josh has got some real real good stats we're going to get to this money line esp in 97.5 espn 97.5 and espn 92.5 real fun sports This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Last segment, the finish line is in sight. And you're trying to power through to get to that barbecue pit. Fire up that barbecue pit. Let the family start eating today. We've been stuck on football for the last months and months and day after day. Football this, fantasy that. Fire up the barbecue pit. Open up a beer and let's have a a good little family day. And in between there, I'll sprinkle it with some wins and everything in between. Great point right here made on Twitch. All right, what do you think about this, Josh? The General says, I'm a Panthers fan. Our quarterback play has been so bad the last few years. I don't care what Deshaun did. Get him to Charlotte. (laughs) I get it. People want to win. Second part, 
King of Twitch responds with, I trade him to you for Christian and a first in two seconds deal. <laughs> Let's start there because first off, would you make the deal with, for Christian McCaffrey? And second, do you trust McCaffrey could stay healthy at this point because he's not healthy enough? Nope. I'm not taking any more flyers on Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't trust him to stay healthy. And he doesn't push through injuries. Like, he's one of those guys that feels like he has to be perfect. You know, like, no ailment whatsoever. I got a cough. Or he's out. not going to play. Yeah, and, and that's what we're going to get into here with these fantasy football projections for next year. Really, it's just it's a column by John Hansen. It's lessons learned. And I think he does a terrific job. So, no, that, I don't want Christian McCaffrey. I don't want to have to pay a running back that much money. No and th- thanks. And that's the thing. Which running backs are right now? Can you consider the bell cows where you're saying, you know what? I'm willing to trade a franchise quarterback. Right now, you're going to have a lot of options the day that you can get you, you know, trade Watson and get what you what he's worth. You'll be able to get, for like Villanueva, you'll have to add at least two first-round picks to that deal. And that's what I'm saying. Whenever you do do go to make a deal, you you got leverage. If, if not with all these cases, obviously, but let's say in past the cases, you have the better player. You have the uh, the the hole the necessity a team has. You know, you have somebody to fill that hole. So keeping that in mind, what are you going to do though? Are you going to take a, a running back that you know that their shelf life is that much shorter? Give them these numbers that it's going to drive you all crazy. Take out the shelf life of certain running backs. So check this out, guys. I thought this was really interesting. And this should really sway you on what you do with your first-round pick in the fantasy draft next year. So the argument here from John Hansen is that, remember, the cutoff was 30 years old. You know, if a running back's 30, you're like, man, I'm going to probably stay away from him, right? He's saying 25 is the new 30. Goodness, five years? Yeah, he doesn't want any running backs that are older than 25 or 26 years old. Here's why. Football and fantasy football has changed immensely. Emmitt Smith and Barry Sanders, who missed fewer than 20 games in their combined 23 seasons. Like, let that sink in. Christian McCaffrey missed more games this year than Barry did his entire career. Think about that. Think about that. They're both small guys. Yep. Yep, and another small guy, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook missed more games this year than Emmitt did in his first 13 years in the league. I mean, just let that sink in. If you're taking this guy with your second or third overall pick, you want to see him on the field. And the, the point he's getting at here is these guys like Barry and Emmett, they would play through injuries. You could count on them to be out there every week. And he also brings up the pandemic. Maybe that's making guys a little more susceptible to injuries because, you know, your training regimens have gotten kind of screwed up with the pandemic. So that has something to do with it, too. Saquon Barkley has dealt with three different serious injuries before his 24th birthday. Emmett and Barry combined for zero serious injuries while still in their 20s. 18 seasons combined. Can you even do anything with Barkley now? I'm staying away. I, I mean, I am staying away. I, you know, And then they bring up uh, King Henry. He plays like an old school running back, right? But he only made it through two and a half seasons before suffering a serious injury of his own. And this has been the cliff that we were waiting for. Unfortunately, it came whenever we thought it wasn't. You started seeing Derrick Henry, truther, pounding his chest saying, I told you he wasn't falling off the cliff. That's why even whenever he got hurt, he was still the rushing leader for weeks. Yep. That's how much of a gap there was. But how much of a gap is it going to be if it continues to miss time? We'll see. 
We'll see this year going forward. Does it happen again? If it happens again, is it going to be that dun, dun, dun? Oh, no. And you were warned. You know, and, and here's what's interesting. So, so who should you target? Taylor. Right? right. Jonathan Taylor. And then he makes a point in here that, that he screwed up and took Zeke at, uh, I think, number four overall in the draft instead of taking Taylor. Even though he had Taylor higher in his rankings, he was just like, man, Zeke's safer because he plays on a, you know, a Cowboys offense where he's going to get a bunch of touchdowns. Well, that backfired because Taylor was incredible, number one running back this year. And Zeke played through injuries a lot of the year. You know, so that's a big part of it. So who do you target? Here's a guy that he loves. If he can't get his hands on Jonathan Taylor, he's willing to take Javante Williams as early as the number two overall pick in the draft this year. What? Yes, Javante Williams. And he said his other targets in the first few rounds are going to be Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell, Michael Carter, and Clyde Edwards-Elaire. They're all currently 23 years old or younger. I mean, it makes sense. A few of those names in that list. Okay, for example, let's let's fast forward to next year's fantasy football draft. You're sitting at the bar. It's about to come to you. The, the, the random draw goes, and your name comes up one, and your friend comes up two. So you're looking around, and you'll start talking. Who's going first? Undoubtedly, Taylor. I think it's Taylor. And then Najee Harris right behind with the workload he gets? Maybe, but I think a lot of people, and he makes this point in here, they're going to be tempted to take Cooper Cup. Yeah, right. That, and that—that's why I ask. Where does that? Where does the non-running back player for, uh, end up in this draft? The first one, because every year it changes. It used to be somewhere towards the end of the of the first round. But if you got Cup coming off the best, the best of all time fantasy football season over anybody, we're talking about Jerry Rice. That's the guy he beat for most yep. points ever. He had to, we had, they had to go pull out Jerry Rice fantasy football stats and points and relate and, and translate it to how does that compare to this? And Cup was still on top of him. Where does Cup go? You, how would you go? I mean, I, I still think he's a, a first-round pick, but as this article points to, he's no lock. Cooper Cup has dealt with knee injuries. Like, you know, he brings up the point that 2021 actually started with Cup missing the divisional round playoff loss to the Packers. So, and remember, Cup tore his ACL back in like 2018. So he's dealt with injuries. And now Cooper Cup's 28 years old. He's going to be 29 in June. And he also makes the point here that it's not just with running backs with age anymore. That basically 29 is the new 33 for wide receivers. And then he brings up all these guys that let you down this year. DeAndre Hopkins, injury. Robert Woods, injury. Thielen, injury. Julio Jones torpedoed a bunch of people's fantasy teams because they took him in the third or fourth round. He was awful. Antonio Brown, Marvin Jones, all these guys, he thinks they should pass on. You should be looking for guys like Debo Samuel, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. He'd take those guys higher. So I think Javante Williams makes a lot of sense for me. He's a great player for the Broncos. Imagine if he wouldn't have had to share the ball so much. And that's the thing, the yeah. sharing of the ball with Melvin. It, Gordon, it just that was always the thing because they would both produce. Yep. It was just a matter of who's in on this drive, who's getting the, hand, the, the who has the hot hand. Oh man, I just got the yards on that drive and he's going to take my touchdown. That's what it became. It was a it was musical chairs and it's a, it, that you don't want to ever have musical chairs at the running back spot on your fantasy football team. No. And the the games were he was out, where Gordon was out. 
Javante was having like the number one running back performance of the week because he was getting all the work. So I think he's a guy that you should definitely be targeting in your draft coming up this year. And Najee Harris, you know, get these young guys. I mean, you know, Jerry, that the Steelers offensive line wasn't great. They weren't a great offense, but he got so many touches that he was productive. And why was he able to get so many touches? Because he was young and he didn't get hurt. Looking at projections, and again, everyone's going to have different projections because people see it different. Taylor, Henry, Eckler. Yep. Eckler's kind of the outlier here because he's a little older and he had a good year. And he and he's missed some time himself. Yes. And he misses time often, it seems like. Yep. Maybe not extended periods, but he does miss time. Then it goes to Christian McCaffrey still at four, at, to which at one point he was undoubtedly number one, you would say, because of the of the of the share of the offense he got. He was in on ninety percent of the snaps. Mm-hmm. He was always in the game. What do you do with uh, Joe Mixon this season? I mean, he's a guy that you're probably going to draft. You're definitely going to draft him ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Right, you, you, you know, take Joe right, yeah. right now. You got to take Joe Mixon over Christian. McCaffrey. You have to, and you know, Mixon's had some injuries in the past too. But with McCaffrey, it just seems like unless he is at perfect peak condition, he's not willing to go out there and play, and that's a problem in fantasy football. And we were willing to come out to play today with no football, no pigskins, but a lot of barbecue. Hopefully, is in your near future. This was Money Line. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a different pace during football. It's aggressive. It's fast. We try to get from game to game to game to try to get you all the information. And we don't have information like that. We try to keep you entertained. And I hope we did just that on a Sunday morning. Thank you, like always, for checking in with us. 10 a.m. It's like a roll call. 10 a.m. What am I going to do? Let me go hang with these boys on Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And we truly appreciate it. But we got to get out of here. And I got to sign off like we always do. So just like this, that's Josh Jordan, the best co-host I could possibly ever, 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 ever imagine. And hopefully he's going to be on our take soon. That's Sean Mays. Don't hate. That's the best producer. You hear the jams? Get at him. Follow him. And I'm just Jerry Bow Sports. Peace. ESPN 97.5.